Our Bible reading today comes from John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, and 11 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Verse 11. But Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that she had seen and what these things he'd said to her. Well, I want you to try something uh, now, and I want you to, to work with me a little bit um, here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to video myself. This is, this is so we can get something on, on, our, on our website. I'm going to video myself, and I'm going to do, He is risen. And then I want you to do, he is risen indeed, but not just do it to your computer, but you take, a, take a video of your family doing it together. So I'm going to do the, the he is risen bit for me now. So um, here we go. I'll, I think you meant to do it this way around. I'm going to do he is risen. And then at home, you can all go, he is risen indeed. All right, we'll try that. All right, if you've got your phone out, do that. That's really cool. So I'm going to look into this camera. You ready? Okay, good. He is risen. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, a whole lot of those. Uh, if you've recorded it for yourself now, we'll be able to get a whole lot of people. Put some videos on our Facebook page, on our uh, community group if you're part of that, and we'll try and stitch them all together and we'll get a whole big He is Risen Indeed um, uh, for, to put on our Facebook uh, uh, um, page, which would be really cool. Because He is Risen, and that's what we're celebrating today. He is Risen Indeed. But in, it's interesting, at the moment we're living in a world uh, at the moment that is a, a world-defining time. It's a time, I, I remember when I first heard of, about this coronavirus, um, I thought, well, it's just another virus. It'll, it'll pass. It'll come, it'll go, it'll do its thing, it'll take its toll, and it will pass. It'll be done soon. But a month down the track, here we are, and we've got our uh, people that know a lot about this stuff telling us that it's going to be a while. We're going to be in this for a while. It's a time in history that's going to be remembered in our history books, on our websites, on our webpages, whatever our books look like in, in time to come. 
Um, web pages are going to be littered with stats about COVID-19. If ever there was a time in history that is well-defining, it's right now. And in this time, it's a time where people more than ever are asking the questions. They're asking the questions, why is this happening? How am I going to sustain business? How am I going to look after, after my loved ones? How am I going to care for someone who is far away from me? If I leave the house, what's going to happen? Where is hope in this situation? I imagine some of these questions were being asked through the war times of the early 1900s. What's hope look like now? Even through the recessions of the 1990s, they may have sparked some of these questions. Marker points in history that define an era, and in many ways they leave us with a sense of hopelessness. By the end of the wars, like, um, the, but like the end of the wars, the end of the, the recessions, uh, all that remains is what is written in the history books. They keep on, we keep on going, we keep on moving. But today, we remember the definitive world-changing moment. The moment the world changed forever. The moment that meant that forever after was different and will continue to be different. It was a moment that reminds us that, that the hopelessness in the moments that we live now, whether that be COVID-19 or the loss of a loved one or a relationship breakdown or a loss of job security, the moment the stone was rolled back, the moment that Jesus stepped foot out of the tomb, that was a moment that changed the world. That was a moment that brought hope out of hopelessness. The death of Jesus Christ was, was earth-shattering. The weight of the world crumbled with the weight of the cross and our sin. Those who were left there on that Friday felt hope drained from their bodies as they lived with the question, what happens now? And perhaps you're living in the hopelessness of our current situation and I want to say to you this morning that the risen Jesus changes everything. The risen Jesus brings back hope. And as the poet so elegantly portrayed, if he is risen, all other pursuits become secondary. Because we don't worship a man who just died. Our worship is of a living Jesus, the Son of God, who, who rose and continues to live today, changing, transforming, moulding the lives of those who place their hope in him. So this morning we will see how Jesus' resurrection transforms our hope through the story of the transformation of Mary Magdalene, the one who first saw the risen Jesus. Let's pray and get stuck into our scriptures. So God, we pray this morning that our eyes, our ears, and our hearts will be open to your word. And we ask our Lord that you give us a renewed sense of hope through your word today. Amen. Imagine being in the shoes of, of this lady, Mary Magdalene, the day after the death of the one that she loved like a brother. 
the one who saved her, who gave her a new lease on life. Your teacher, who you recognised as the Messiah, the one that was going to change the world, the one who was going to rescue you from the harsh realities of the Roman rule. What would that next day have been like? What was Saturday like? Surely there would have been a, a feel of aimlessness, a feeling of sorrow, a feeling of what's going to happen next. The disciples had given up everything to follow Jesus, absolutely everything. Jesus had called them to drop everything. What now? Do they pick up the rods again and, and start fishing? What happens next? Mary Magdalene, she'd travelled with Jesus for quite a while and, and, and Jesus' followers after Jesus had driven out the demons from her in Luke 8. Luke tells us that Mary and other women were following, um, helping to support Jesus and the, the cause from their own means. Jesus had so impacted Mary's life that she devoted her life to following him. Perhaps she had nothing else she could do. Perhaps there was nothing else to go to. She was probably already an outcast in her society, being demon-possessed. Yet Jesus heals her and accepts her for who she is. She was not the type of person that would have been accepted. Yet Jesus did. That was life-changing for Mary. And, and Mary followed Jesus all the way to the cross. Mary was there when Jesus was breathing his last breath. Mary witnessed the death of her saviour. What was Mary going to do the next day? What life was she going to go back to? Her life had been about following Jesus. What was to become from her unswerving faithfulness? Where does she go now? She's like one commentator suggests, an abandoned pup who has lost her master, staying rooted to the last place he'd been without the least idea of what to do next. It's like the story of a dog whose owner went to the hospital and, and died in hospital. The dog stayed at the doors of the hospital for years and years until finally the dog died there as well. Because its master was the one that gave it hope. Now that hope was gone. Mary was in that same boat. So in John's Gospel, we find Mary had gone to the resting place of Jesus, to, to his tomb. She went there early while it was still dark. Why was she there? Possibly because she had nowhere else to go. Maybe she wanted to pay her final homages to her Lord. Because the reality in Mary's mind is that Jesus is now dead. It's final. Years ago, the producers of Sesame Street were faced with a dilemma. The actor who played the, po uh, the, the popular Mr. Hooper had passed away. And the producers were faced with how to communicate the concept of death to the children, uh, to 10 million children who watched the show. Most of them were under six. So they consulted with some psychologists on how that should be done. The day of the show, Big Bird came out on the stage and he said um, that he had a picture for Mr. Hooper. And he couldn't wait to see Mr. Hooper. But someone said, but Big Bird, remember what we told you? Mr. Hooper died. And Big Bird said, oh yeah, I forgot. Then he says, well, well I'll give it to him when, when he comes back. And one of the, the staff puts his arm around Big Bird and says, Big Bird, Mr. Hooper isn't coming back. 
Big Bird innocently asks, why not? Big Bird, when people die, they don't come back. Death is final. We are here to live out our existence for what God has given us. But when death happens, it is final, generally. And for Mary, there is not an expectation that anything more will happen. Resurrection was not an everyday occurrence, although she would have seen Lazarus uh, resurrected um, just a week before. But surely this was different. Surely he couldn't bring himself back. Because death is final. Resurrection is not the natural way. So for Mary, this devotion, this going back to the tomb, it was devotion, not expectation. Whatever the reason she went to the tomb that morning, what she would have been expecting was to see a stone in front of the tomb. We're told in John in, in um, John 20 that Mary went to the other disciples, Peter and the beloved disciple, who most scholars believe was John, who ran to the tomb to find out what Mary was saying. What's happened to the tomb? So those disciples, they then went back home, perhaps unsure of what to do with the new information. Jesus isn't there. But Mary, she sticks around at the tomb. It shows Mary's devotion to Jesus. It shows her love for the one that rescued her. Even though she had no idea why this tomb that she expected to find with a stone over it, um, and she found it empty, she chose to stay and be near. The text goes on in verse 11 of John chapter 20. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Once again, we see Mary most likely now overcome with some sort of emotion that someone had disrupted the body of the dead Jesus. Maybe breaking, she breaks down and tells us she cried and she looks into the tombs and, and she sees angels there. These angels didn't seem frightened, uh, didn't seem to frighten Mary. They didn't seem to intimidate Mary. But perhaps her grief moved her beyond what was in front of her. But these heavenly beings, they ask Mary, why are you crying? And the response tells us her understanding of the situation. She says this, they've taken my Lord away, she said. And I don't know where they've put him. And after this, she turns and comes face to face with Jesus. But she doesn't even recognize him. Perhaps it was her grief. Perhaps Jesus looked different. Whatever it is, Mary assumed him to be the gardener. This time, Jesus asked her the question, Why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Who is it you're looking for? It's a question that Jesus has asked on more than one occasion. He asked it of his disciples in John chapter 1. We heard it on Thursday at our Maundy Thursday Zoom meeting, communion, where he asked it upon his arrest. He asked it twice. Who are you looking for? And now the resurrected Jesus asks the very same thing from Mary. Who is it you are looking for? And of course, as we follow the story through, we know that all Mary is after is the body of Jesus. Just the body so she can do her final thing, I suppose. 
so she can know that there is peace, so she can do final cleansings, whatever it might be, she can find solace. So answering him as if he were the gardener, she simply states once again, Sir, if, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him. I'll, I'll go get him. She's not expecting to bump into the risen Jesus. But Jesus reveals himself with one more word. And that was the use of her name, Mary. Remember on Friday, Jesus revealed himself to uh, the soldiers and the high priest, it's on Thursday, um, to the high priest and Judas who came to arrest him. And he said two words. He said his name, his own name, I am. And they fell to the ground at the name of the I am. But this time we have Jesus saying not the name of the I am, but the name of that who was in front of her. Because Mary already knew the I am. She just needed to hear him calling her name, Mary. You can almost hear the tenderness of it of Jesus in the text, Mary. It's like he's saying to her, "It's okay, I'm here. Everything's going to be okay, Mary." And in that name, the intimacy of Jesus calling her by name that everything has changed for Mary. It's now become clear. The world is different and it'll never be the same again. Jesus has risen. Mary grabs onto her Lord and cries out, Rabboni, which means teacher. But we know it means so much more to her than that. Because we know that in that moment, the realisation for Mary is that Jesus is alive. Jesus has come back to life. Everything has changed. He's no longer just a teacher. He is now saviour. In that moment, Jesus went from a figure of the past to the figure of the present and into a figure of the future. It's a continuing present that Jesus will always be with us. The way Jesus was known before his death, his presence, his teachings, his miracles, has been restored. The way they knew him before uh, has once again become known. And the world is changed because he has risen. Think about Mary again. In that moment, Mary was lost in hopelessness. Not only had her, 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 her friend, her saviour, um, died, but now the body was gone. Absolute hopelessness. We see it as she breaks down and weeps. Where have they put my Lord? Defeat. Mary was desolate. You can feel her anguish. You can hear her brokenness. Yet as Jesus says her name, hopelessness fades. And hope is restored. Hope that Jesus is actually the Messiah that she uh, believed him to be. Hope that this man who changed her life when he was on earth was who he said he really was. Within the resurrection, we find that hope as Jesus calls your name. The world is changed. The resurrection turned sorrow to happiness. The resurrection turned 
pain to joy. The resurrection turned uncertainty to, into complete and utter and never before realized eternal certainty. The resurrection changed everything. Hopelessness has become renewed hope. I wonder, do you feel that hope when you declare, He is risen? Because that is hope for you and for me. The risen Jesus brings us hope. A dead Jesus cannot call your name. A risen Jesus calls you by name. A risen Jesus is calling. And I wonder, have you heard, have you accepted that call of the risen Jesus? Because he's calling you today. He calls you in the time of hopelessness. He calls you to a renewed hope. A hope that no longer trusts in the status that comes from uh, those around you or what comments you get on your Facebook feed or your Instagram post. A hope that no longer chases after those things that promise to fill a hole that only the resurrected Jesus can fill. In the times where bleakness seems to be the forecast of the moment, the resurrected Jesus is there. I wonder if you can see him. I wonder if you are expecting him. I wonder if you can hear him calling your voice. Mary wasn't expecting a risen Jesus. Perhaps she should have been. He told them that he would be raised in three days. And perhaps we too should expect to see the risen Jesus as well, outworking in our lives. Because what we see in Mary is that the resurrection transformed Mary in a couple of ways. Firstly, Mary went from a woman follower to an entrusted messenger. In Mary's society, she didn't have a high standing. She was a woman, so that didn't help her. Secondly, she didn't have a husband. That didn't help her. Thirdly, she'd been an outcast with demons in her. Things were not great in the cultural standing of Mary so it is somewhat surprising that Jesus chose Mary to be the one that he entrusts the message that he is risen to her. She's the first person to see the risen Jesus. We shouldn't be too surprised, I suppose, considering Jesus' love for doing things that were countercultural and that would be seen as shocking in the eyes of the leaders of the time. So Jesus entrusts his message with Mary. And what that shows is that his continual love for the lowly, the marginalized, for those who are doing it tough, Jesus reaches out to you. In his resurrection, Jesus brings hope to those who have a sense of hopelessness. Not only was she entrusted with the most important message of all time, but she was now respected enough that that message that she brought was considered and accepted. She has moved from just someone who followed Jesus to someone who speaks out for Jesus. And in Jesus entrusting this message to Mary, he brings not only hope to Mary, but a sense of purpose to Mary. The marginalized woman now has a role in the greater purpose of God. And he calls each of us to that role also, to be the voice of God in this world. The second thing that changed in Mary is because he is risen, Mary didn't need to live in the light of her old self. Rather, she could live out the victory of her new self. 
We actually don't hear a great deal more about Mary after this encounter. But what we do know is that the Mary that we first encounter in Luke chapter 8 was one who was healed of seven demons, and she is now a very, very different person. And whilst she had been transformed by her healing, she has now become free. What happened after this? Some suggest that she went and followed John. But whatever happened to her, the news that she shared with those disciples was news that changed the world. This was the news that informed a new movement that 2,000 years later is still changing and transforming lives. Because once you encounter the risen Jesus, you will be changed. And we can live in that victory. Because he lives, our lives are now new. Sin's defeated, and we are free. Jesus' resurrection gives us a sense of God's purpose to, to be tellers of the world, to be witness of the true and living God. I wonder how you live out this victory. You know, COVID-19 may, may make an impact on the history of the world. It may change a few things in this world. Not all of them are bad. I know it's good to be uh, around for family a lot more than uh, maybe I was before. And you might be finding that too. But the resurrection was the ultimate moment that the world changed and changed forever. Because he lives. Three words that will continue to transform the lives of people the world over, bringing hopelessness and restoring it to hope. My prayer for you this morning is that you will find hope in the resurrected Jesus, that these three words will renew our hope because there's nothing that our Lord cannot overcome. And that's why we, we, we proclaim exactly this. Christ is risen. Let me pray. Our God, you are the bringer of hope. That when hopelessness surrounds, we look to the risen Jesus and we're reminded that you are in ultimate control. That you restore hope and equip us to live in that hope. May we respond by living into this new hope today living out a faith that is directed by the three words, He is alive. Amen.